We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 25th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Jake Latarski is back with me today. Just like every Tuesday, we're going to go over uh, waiver wire stuff. But first, let's talk about Steelers Bucks. Steelers were up 30 to 10. Steelers wound up 30 to 27. Got a little interesting. Um, I thought the Bucks were actually if Deshaun J- Jackson's punt return touchdown hadn't been called back, mm-hmm. I thought the Bucks might, they might have more time. I kind of the momentum was definitely shifting, and that Steeler defense they're just sloppy. Exactly that that score you referenced, like I called back. I mean those quick strikes that don't take any time off the clock that are so explosive. By the way, got called back to do a holding penalty. That I mean the momentum of the game was already changing, but that really would have given him a shot in the arm. And you know Fitz was getting excited out there. He looked pretty good. They're going to have a real tough decision to make this week, as will fantasy owners on the waiver wire. But I don't know if I'm quite ready to say the Steelers are back just yet because they did start to fade late in that game. The defense doesn't look good. And they talked about this on the telecast, but penalties, very, very, very sloppy with penalties uh, late in the game. And, and you know, there was the unsportsmanlike, too, that got called late that uh, really messed with the field position game and helped erase uh, pinning Tampa Bay in within the one-yard line. So... It was 
I, you know, it counts as a win. It's a win on the road, which is tough to do in the NFL, but I'm not completely sold on the Steelers yet until they tune up that defense. Totally not either. And by the way, that hold on the, the kick on the punt return, mm-hmm. for all the aggravation everybody's having about the, uh, the penalties on the sacks and hitting the quarterbacks and all that stuff, which sure, I'm not going to say they're unjustified because some of them are, but can we, if we're going to get rid of that, can we pair that with cutting back somehow on the block in the back and holding penalties on kick returns? Because kick returns are some of the most exciting plays in the NFL. And yeah. every time someone calls a penalty on the team for holding so the it's block just like, the back. It's almost just like offense where there's probably a hold you can call on every single play. It's just a matter of wrong place, wrong time. Are you in front of the ref when it happens? Yeah. I, I don't know what you can really do about it, but it just takes the air out of the game for me. So much, mm-hmm. so often. I hate it. Yeah. Okay. Um, other things in that game. Vance McDonald's. You know, we've been waiting for him to come back because Jesse James put up some good numbers the first few weeks. Vance McDonald, four for 112 and one. He had that 75 yard touchdown in which he completely, if posterized was a word in football, that's what we would be saying he did to Chris mm-hmm. Conti with that stiff arm. It was insane. And uh, Vance McDonald might be an ad at this point, a tight end, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. At this point, uh, Jesse James only had one target in the game. McDonald had five and was pretty efficient with it, four for 112. Of course, when you have a 75 yard play, that's always going to help things. But Vance McDonald, he's a big dude, 6'4", 267. was a second-round pick back in 2013, so there is some pedigree there. Big, strong, you know, you look at, we got these measurables overviews on our Rotowire player pages, and it'll say green, and it'll be good or elite, but, you know, 469 for 40 for a dude that big, he gets good grade or elite and vertical broadband. So, he, so he's an athlete, he's a good player. Been around the league for a while. Hasn't really, you know, spent most of his career in San Francisco. Uh, last year was his first year with Pittsburgh, 10 games. Uh, I mean, tight ends are rough this week, and we'll talk about this in, uh, later on in the show. But there are people that own Greg Olson, and there are people that own Evan Ingram, who's going to be pretty questionable. And there are people, I mean, few tight ends outside of Kelsey and Ertz are consistent this year. So I think Vance McDonald actually becomes one of the more, I don't want to call him a premier ad. I have a tough time using a first waiver claim on a you know, on a, on a middle tier tight end, kind of someone that could grow more, but he's someone that will get bids this week. Yeah, I, I agree. We've been sort of waiting for this from Vance McDonald for, for the year plus that he's been with the Steelers. And it looks like we finally might get it. Um, the other thing we want to talk about this game. So Fitz starts slow, but did he throw all three picks in the first half? I think he did. Mm-hmm. So at he, least one of those was a tip ball though, right? Yeah. I want, so th- yeah. Okay. 30 out of 50 for four eleven and three touchdowns with those three interceptions. Fitz, for this week, this week they go to Chicago. Then there's a bye. Then they're at Atlanta. I don't think there's any doubt. I haven't seen anything from the Bucks this morning. We're recording this at 11.09 Eastern right now. I'm speaking on Tuesday. Hardly, very little doubt that Fitz is going to play in week four. But Mm -hmm. do you think, Jameis, how do you think this is going to play out? I'm looking at this and I think, the real Fitz, even though he and the offensive coordinator seems to be seem to be meshing pretty well, I think Fitz somehow, uh, Jameis somehow is the starting quarterback there by midseason because fit the the real Fitz kind of shows his face to an extent. Mm-hmm. I believe what you're hearing. I just don't. Yeah, and I, I think I could, it could happen eventually once Fitz falters, maybe throws some interceptions. But right now. He seems like he's got that team, yep. and he's got very good chemistry with with all of his receivers, with Evans, with Jackson, with Chris Godwin, who had a good game. We'll talk about him and the additions later on. I don't think you can take the job away from him right now. And like you said, that doesn't mean down the road. Um, 
maybe they go back to Winston if something were to happen to Fitz or he starts to cool off a little bit, which you're right, it's bound to happen. We'll see the real Fitz eventually, but who knows? I, I wouldn't take it away from him in advance of the week four game. He leads the league in yards per attempt is what I'm looking at right now, <laughs> which is which is crazy for me. Um, now, again, you know, you have a pretty small sample size, three games, you know, take what you want of that. But if you're the Bucks right now, I mean, they played well and they very well almost came back in that game. They're a flag in a couple, a couple, you know, late situations that didn't go their way, maybe go the other way. And then they pull this game off at home. So two and one is way better than I expected the Buccaneers to do. I would say they were, you know, <laughs> better than even money to go 0 and 3 to start the year. I thought that they were going to be one of my top picks this year, you know, right there with the Bills and Cardinals as far as, you know, getting the first pick in the draft. But he made them competitive. He made them relevant. And it's going to be tough to go away. You know, maybe we eventually work Jameis back in. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know their buy off the top of my head. But it's it's something that if you have fits on your team, you don't cut them yet. You roll with them and yep. continue to roll with them until something changes. I, I, I have one Yahoo League with probably a six-man bench. And I'm stubbornly holding Jameis as a back quarterback. Yep. Uh, how many teams? 12. I know it's not 12? the smartest thing. The bench is deep enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a standard... Okay, so Winston didn't necessarily get drafted in all my 12-team drafts. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't a lock to get taken, and we're holding on to him at this point? Well, I, I figured I, I, I figured that this was the point where he'd be ready to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, maybe okay. I should cut, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a deep well, I mean, if it bench. doesn't happen in week four or week five, like how, how much patience can you really have? That's a short bench. No, and we're going to talk about some guys this week that are worth picking up as we do every week. We are. So let's talk about them now. Um, but first, before we do this, the recommendations we make, we're going to base them on a 12 team. If we talk fab, we're going to let's, let's assume a hundred dollar budget. Um, the percent ownerships we talk about, whether it's Yahoo or, um, ESPN are, we're taking late Monday evening. So if they're a little off, you know, mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah. Um, I put it together while watching some Monday night football. So I definitely looked this morning and as more leagues start to waiver process as more first come first serve come through the, the numbers do change a little bit, but I feel like Monday night's a good reflection of when these people are actually available for, you know, the normal standard league that actually does some type of waiver period as opposed to a free for all. Right. All right. So let's get to week four. Um, the two buys buys are buys are starting Carolina, Washington. So uh, Panthers Redskins off this week. No Adrian Peterson, no Cam, no Christian McCaffrey carrying 28 million times for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Last week at quarterback, we talked about Fitz. We talked about Blake Bortles, which didn't work. We talked about Andy Dalton, which depending on how much your league ding- dings you for interceptions worked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bortles and Dalton are still pretty solid, right? And they're still pretty widely available under 40% on Yahoo. I know that. Yeah, Bortles is going to be a little bit of a roller coaster to start week in and week out. You know, you'll get plenty of weeks like last week where he's under 10 fantasy points, and that's something that you have to deal with, which is tough to stomach when you've got all these fringe kind of quarterbacks suddenly going off for these huge games. And Dalton, he's going to be someone that you'll add and drop a few times, that every league will add and drop a few times over the course of the year. Four interceptions, very rough, but 7.7 yards per attempt, not terrible. 352 yards and two touchdowns is all right, so that's definitely a serviceable game. Uh, we know that Jimmy Garoppolo has a torn ACL now that's been confirmed. So it starts to become pretty important to start thinking about streaming quarterbacks for a while before settling on one. And I I definitely know that there's one that's going to be pretty widely available that I do like. Go for it. Tell us who it is. We are all witnesses, Jake. Got to be Baker Mayfield. I don't know uh, how much of that game that you caught on Thursday. I was uh, backing the Browns minus three. I thought it was going to happen. Looking pretty ugly early on. Baker came to the rescue. He's 13% owned on Yahoo, 7% on ESPN. 
He came into that game, didn't throw for a touchdown. Those went to Carlos Hyde, but really did lead the comeback effort, uh, starting with that field goal drive in the in the second quarter, and then of course coming back in the second half. He was 17 for 23, 201 yards uh, in the in the in the comeback. Announces the starter. Um, I, I got I like what I see here. He came in and immediately electrified that team. I think he's going to be spectacular for Jarvis Landry. Get someone who, as soon as Jarvis breaks out of the route, the balls within within his reach as opposed to someone who insists on scrambling or needs a bootleg every play um i know i did like tyrod taylor for a short-term thing i did i did try to specify that early on yep but what i saw from mayfield um i don't only an injury would take this job away the rest of the year he's going to electrify the browns uh they are at oakland this week so pretty decent matchup a team that can absolutely be scored upon we'll see how the rookie does on the road with the tough crowd but for the foreseeable future if you lost jimmy garoppolo uh, my primary target this week is going to be Baker Mayfield. Okay, yeah, I don't, I, I can't say even though the Raiders haven't been good, I can't say I love that spot for him this week. I just think it's going to be I, the, the, the Raiders have been bad, but going in, you know, like I, said, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just thinking of the the loud crowd, but I don't know how loud the crowd will be. Yeah, based on how they I mean, playing, so. it's a defense that's not going to get after him too crazy with any kind of a pass rush. Mm-hmm. That's definitely shown that they can be scored upon, that they can be ran upon. And there's definitely enough weapons to, to make the game competitive. I mean, the, the Raiders still are two and a half point favorites. The total on that game is 45. So not not too bad. That's, uh, you know, these Browns totals, I think, are going to start to get a little bit higher with Bayfield, Mayfield around. Yep. Um, other I guys. Mean, go ahead. Yeah. Or I would go for it. I was going to say, like, even with without the trade of Josh Gordon, he's got weapons, and and I think he will be a. I, I I'm pretty sure that if you go from this point on, you got a top fifteen fantasy quarterback. Top fifteen. That's aggressive for Baker. I like hearing that. I like Baker, so I hope you're right. Um, the other guys we're looking. I mean, Josh Rosen's got the job. He's playing Seattle against Seattle at home. Um, C.J. Bethard. Look, I, we all love Kyle Shanahan as a play caller, right? But oh, indeed. But last year, if you look at what Bethard did, before they got Jimmy Garoppolo, they weren't doing anything. So I don't know how this works. By the way, Iowa connection, C.J. Bethard and George Kittle, in case you haven't yep. heard it for the 100 millionth time on Twitter or Facebook he, or yeah, somewhere. He was, I mean, he was their, Kittle was already their leading receiver on Sunday. I, I think that's going to bode well for him. Yeah, at least his value doesn't fall off a cliff like the rest of these 49ers players how, do. How many times last year did I fall into the DFS trap of C.J. Bethard and George Kittle? I think it was three or four. <laughs> because, yeah. Oh, college chemistry, college teammates, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, every time in DFS when I try to get crafty with a cheap quarterback, it never works. Yep. So the other guy It's I like a mention. pitcher in, in your DFS baseball lineup. you gotta, you got to at least have a serviceable quarterback with a high floor. But anyway, go ahead. I have a quarterback for you mm-hmm. who is owned... Let me check. I have to scan the depths of the ownership levels. I would guess less than 10%. 3% of Yahoo leagues. Josh Allen. All right. No, yes. You with me? Here's how I see, here's how I see Josh Allen. If you miss your Baker Mayfield bid, okay, if you're a Jimmy G owner and you miss your Baker Mayfield bid, he's someone that you'll probably be able to get for not a whole lot. I mean, yeah, he ran two touchdowns against the Vikings this week. Uh, that was certainly encouraging here. Uh, you know, 8.9 yards per attempt. Good stuff. You know, they ran the ball 38 times because they could and they should have, obviously. Uh, it was awesome that what they were able to do shocked the world. Um, I just think that you're going to have a roller coaster with Josh Allen. Yeah, he had a great game against a good defense. Almost took him by surprise in a way. But there are going to be teams that are going to be able to figure it out. And he's going to have more growing pains along the way. Um, I think than some of these other guys. I mean, I don't know. Rosen will probably be pretty rough too. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I could see it, but definitely for your two quarterback leagues where he's probably already owned and, and for your 12-team single quarterback leagues, like that's a stretch for me. Okay, here's why I like him. Man, I like him better than, than the other guys we've mentioned. Maybe not Baker, but the other two. In his two full starts, he's run the ball eight times and ten times. And he runs pretty well. And as I told Tim yesterday, I, I wound up watching a decent amount of Josh Allen in the preseason game they played against the Panthers. I mean, he played with the third stringers and everything. But basically, you know, the, the, the book on Josh Allen is that he's, it, compared to the other highly drafted quarterbacks, he's more of a project, right? Well, oh, yeah. what he did in that preseason game that I saw was he went into, and at the first sign of trouble, he tucked and ran. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, from a fantasy standpoint, I can live with this because he's going to no run a lot. That. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he's a big guy. He runs pretty well. Um, I, I, I think, you look, he's going up against Packers this week. If he throws five picks, I'm not going to be the least bit shocked. I mean, I mm-hmm. get it. Yeah, it's it's a road matchup, and he's going to Lambeau Field. It'll be, I mean, yeah. well, I guess he went to Minnesota this week and did just fine, so maybe I shouldn't use that as an argument. But but I, I feel like I, the the comp that I keep thinking, I think I said this to Tim yesterday, sorry if I'm repeating myself for people who listen to both shows, is Blake Portals. And Blake Portals isn't always mm-hmm. the best real-life quarterback. But from a fantasy standpoint, like you said, you used, you used the word roller coaster earlier, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But I th- the production, because of the rushing, the production, you know, it helps the floor. For me, mm-hmm. now, like, yeah, I, definitely. I, I mean, I think Rosen could throw three picks this week too, but you're not going to get the rushing stuff out of it. With Josh exactly. Allen, you might be a little different story. That that's kind of he's. I, I find him very intriguing as a fantasy prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely want to watch out if you're in a in a big interception deduction league. And and you know, you, you're talking me into it, John. I do believe that uh, Allen would, in theory, have a higher floor than someone like Rosen. Definitely Bethard. Um, because of that rushing, and that certainly helps. Uh, you know, jeez, I, I, I had fantasy years where I almost won a title with Tebow as my quarterback, as he would scramble around and get sixty yards on the ground, and somehow craft his way into fourteen fantasy points. And we might see some of that with Josh Allen. Um, but but overall, like if I had to rank him this week, you know, Mayfield. Uh, I guess you've talked me into Allen at number two, and I would put Rosen above C.J. Beathard just because. I, I don't know. We know what we're going to get out of Beathard. He scored the 49ers as a team scored eight total touchdowns in five games started by him last year. Rosen, at least there's a little bit of, um, you know, there's a little bit of a window for for maybe some upside. I like what I'm seeing out of Christian Kirk and he does have David Johnson. Maybe they figure out a way how to use him better with a different quarterback. So, uh, yeah, in terms of ranking, it would still be Mayfield number one for me. But um, Mayfield's going to be right up there with, you know, streaming the Dalton types every week, I guess. But uh, I don't know. At the same time, Baker's maybe someone that you can. You can throw in your lineup more weeks than not the rest of the year. We'll see how it goes. I hope so. I love Baker. All right, guys, you're going to drop. Jimmy G, Jimmy G, obviously, torn ACL. Tyra Taylor, done. Sam Bradford, done. Um, that's it. No, the rookies, are, the other rookies got their jobs the week before. So yep. we're good there. Okay. Folks, mm-hmm. let's talk about the new Daily Fantasy site fanball for just a second. The number one issue I hear from people who try DFS is that it's almost impossible to win for the casual player. Too many sharks out there with 150 lineups, and you basically have no shot if you want to play a lineup or two for fun. That's where Fanball comes in. If the name rings a bell, 
It's the same folks behind the season-long site from back in the day that you've played before. Paul Charchian, who also happens to be the president of the Fantasy Sports Trade Association, has brought back the fan ball name, but this time as a DFS site. And he's looking to level the playing field by enforcing low entry limits. I'm looking at the lobby right now. The most lineups anyone can have in a contest is 10. That is a huge difference maker. Really, really big deal. Plus, they also have snake drafts, which are a lot of fun. And auctions are coming soon as well. Head over to fanball.com slash rotowire. Sign up now. Make a deposit of at least $10. We will give you a six-month membership to rotowire. Again, that's fanball.com slash rotowire. Okay, last week we talked about Aaron Jones. Geo, Geo's gone. Um, You can't get him anymore. Nope. TJ Yeldon probably can't get anymore. We don't know. Hopefully Fournette's back this week. Chris Ivory you don't want still, right? He ran 20 times this week, but um, I don't know. And he ran 20 times at 70 receiving yards. There's a spot in fantasy for Chris Ivory. But even with a couple teams on by, I don't feel good about him as a flex or, or an RB2 or whatever. But he's he warrants a mention this week only because there's – Running backs are slim this week. There are yep. there's nobody that stood out. There's no additional injury or job change or any of that that's opened up a door suddenly. So I put a couple names on here that we're going to talk about. Definitely none of them are first priority waiver claims, and mm-hmm. and I I don't know if I'd be debating double digit fab really on any of these guys, depending on your level of desperation, I guess. But you know I, I put a couple names on here, and I feel like out of all the guys that we talked about last week that might still be available. Uh, maybe Ivory would be worth a look uh, yeah. just because it looks like he's getting the work over Marcus Murphy. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and this is all contingent on McCoy being out again. So, of course. Um, and he was close. He flew to uh, Minneapolis, by the way. I was uh, I was watching. I was doing the Bills and Actives for the site on Sunday morning, and he flew out to Minneapolis, and it was he's got that crack rib cartilage. I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, fell a couple classes short of my MD. I'm not entirely sure what that means <laughs> as opposed to a broken rib. But um so he was out there. He did pregame warmups. Then where he wasn't quite there, he could be this week. So maybe that throws Ivory out the window. All right, your first guy up is Javoris Allen on the Ravens, who got a touchdown. He was on the field for you got thirty nine snaps, which is more than enough. He's the he's the third down back, and apparently mm-hmm. the short yardage back, or at least sometimes short yardage back. Yeah, the what problem, a combination that is. But the problem with this guy is that he's never going to get the job. Right, mm-hmm. he can help you if you need help in a bye week, for instance. And he might score, but sometimes you look and you say, and, you know, I'm going to pick up this guy because he's sort of productive. He's going to get 10, 12 touches. And if things break just right, he gets the job. This guy most likely is not one of those candidates, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. He's, uh, he's absolutely the backup. You know, the real potential for him would have something to do with Alex Collins, you know, demotion injury, something like that. But what was interesting to me is that Buck Allen was still on the field. For 54% of snaps, Alex Collins was only on the field for 49% of snaps. Uh, they were, um, you know, they were, it's been close enough to to maybe take a look. So they're seeing roughly the same amount of time on the field. Maybe some of that's game flow. Uh, Buck Allen caught a touchdown and ran for a touchdown. He's somehow getting goal line work over Alex Collins. Collins did score a touchdown, thankfully, for owners. And you look at the rest of their depth chart here. Kenneth Dixon, he's got a knee injury. He's on IR. So, I mean, you're right. It's a guy with a reasonable floor, I'd say helps a little bit more in PPR because of his third down status. And, you know, again, it's contingent on it, the Alex Collins situation, but, you know, he's a, he's a break or two away from definitely getting a much bigger volume. And he's already getting more volume than I think people think on the surface. Yeah, I mean, touch-wise, first three games, nine touches, 11 touches, nine touches. So, you know, it's there's something. Again, he's a bye week guy. Most likely, mm-hmm. or, or in case of emergency injury, kind of thing. 
Um, the next guy I want to mention, boy, talk about slim running backs. If this yeah. is your second this, guy. This here. one was a struggle. This is more of a gadget guy than anything else. I can't say it. You're going to have to say it. Okay, so I threw Tavon Austin on here just because I noticed that he's got dual running back wide receiver eligibility, mm-hmm. and that makes me a little bit curious. This Dallas offense has not been good. They're going to have to get creative with him. He's not going to give you a very high floor, Tavon Austin, by by any means. You know, he was only targeted three times, of course, caught all of them for two yards and a short touchdown, ran once for 18 yards, so actually a very average-ish fantasy day, serviceable fantasy day. 10% owned in Yahoo leagues, about 8% owned in ESPN leagues. He's a receiver that you can pick up and start in a running back position, and I know we start to get to these 16-teamers and and, and, and beyond where running backs start to get real scarce, real heavy. So I want to service those leagues on on this podcast as well. And maybe there's something here. I mean, everybody knows what Tavon Austin's been, you know, been up to through his career with the Rams, kind of a gadget type player. Occasionally would return a kick. I don't believe that he was uh, he was doing that in. And he was returning punts. He returned four punts. So those return yards leagues, he's already there. But I saw him owned and added in one of my 12-team leagues that's full PPR. I'm thinking to myself, what's, what, what's this person doing? Are they playing for next year? They're trying to tank for because it's keeper league, and I'm thinking. But then I looked, and he's got that dual eligibility. So that that mixed with a couple of targets and, and maybe one or two. There's going to be two weeks this year where he ends up with like 100-something all-purpose yards. To get those weeks, you're going to have to deal with 12 garbage weeks, but I don't know. Right. He, because he's running back eligible, it, it was interesting for me. And because all the other running backs stink this week that are available. So oh, horrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm funny. I just I I just looked up an article from April talking about Jerry Jerry Jones mentioning that Tavon Austin's going to get 24 touches a game, <laughs> and the Cowboys talking about how they re- they really have a vision of what they're going to do with this guy, which is what the Rams used to say when they signed all that money. Mm-hmm. And what we've got so far is Austin getting. 10 offensive snaps in week one, 18 in week two, and 20 in week three. Like, I, I, and the thing is with them, yeah, I agree. They, they, he, he's, I mean, they're short on playmakers. They should try at least to get him the ball. I mean, I, he's a gadget guy, I agree. But, I mean, they got to do something. They should run that jet sweep like the Wisconsin Badgers always do. Because they got Badger linemen where, you know, you do the fake for – you hand the ball off to Zeke the first eight times with Austin coming around the corner, but maybe the ninth time or maybe the sixth time you hand it off to Austin and and it works. I remember the Badgers used to do that with Melvin Gordon and James White coming around the edge and, and Austin, hey, who knows, maybe he can get – I mean, he did have one 18-yard run. Maybe that's the way they open things up and prevent people. Because it's not looking so far like Dak's going to beat you. So no. they're starting to load the box up and they don't, you know, they used to have such a great offensive line that it didn't matter if you loaded the box up, but you know, a little banged up, maybe not 100% this year. They got to start getting a little creative and he would be the guy to do it with. All right. So who's your, who's your top three here? Who's, who's first on the list? I mean, I guess it's Buck Allen. Number one, Chris Ivory, number two, these other guys, I don't really want to put Tavon Austin number three, but I like him better than like a Wendell Smallwood or a Jalen Richard. Some of these other guys I threw out there, like Smallwood had a good game. Of course, nobody really predicted. Everyone wanted to start Clement in DFS, but oh, Jay I Jai started is Smallwood back. by the way. You started Smallwood in a Ooh, DFS lineup. Nice. I did because he was cheap. Yeah, geez, he got crafty. carried the week been. before. But but the thing is, with it when a comes back, which he supposedly is mm-hmm. this week, Smallwood's useless. 
Yeah, exactly. So they're getting healthier. So I guess, you know, Austin may be over him. Uh, the other guy I wrote down again, it's a bad, bad running back week. I saw Jalen Rashard got like six targets or something. So if you're in a PPR league and desperately need to start a running back, uh, you know, he's not going to get carries uh, after Marshawn Lynch and, and, and Doug Martin there in Oakland. But yeah, I mean, think of him like a receiver, I guess, in this situation. And maybe he gets you five, six PPR points and, and you don't have to take a zero at that position. So again, slim pickings for running backs this week. You have to get real crafty. There are no standout performers that I would be using, you know, across the board here. Yeah. So, and, and as I think I mentioned yesterday before, it sounds like I'm bragging about Wendell Smallwood. Just remember that I, I picked Smallwood and plugged him into the Rotowire DFS optimizer and said, who else am I going to use? And it said Calvin Ridley. I went, oh no, I don't want to use Calvin Ridley. Forget that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are those guys though? <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. The other drop candidates, I'm ready. You, you listed Rashad Penny here. I'm ready to cut. I'm ready to cut bait. Mm-hmm. See, I I feel really guilty about listing some of these guys as drop candidates because they're all better than a bunch of the duds that we talked about here. Yeah, that's true. In the, in the running back situation, so uh, we're not saying go drop Rashad Penny for Tavon Austin. Don't don't take us wrong in that situation. But again, we have to cater to as many leagues as possible. And if you're in a shallower league, it's looking like Carson's got a pretty firm grip on that job. I mean, Jay Z carried the ball thirty two times, I think, this week. Yep. Uh, that's quite the disparity. Penny seems to be the guy that they'll use a little bit more when they're behind in games. So, and and long-term, I think Penny's better. Right. But I don't know if Pete Carroll thinks the same way. Okay, I, I think you're right on both counts of there. And the other one, Tariq Cohen, this thing's not working out, unfortunately. Yeah, he was someone that got that his, I'm not exactly sure what made his ADP shoot up the way it did, but in a backfield with Jordan Howard, you know, if Jordan Howard was a big, uh, like Derrick Henry type plotting physical back, then maybe Tariq Cohen would have a good compliment. But I mean, Jordan Howard's really has got bell cop potential because he can be in there on third downs and Tariq Cohen will help mix it up. I mean, the bears like to run East to West way more than they do North South. And both of those guys are kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say undersized or small, but like you know, shifty type of backs as opposed to powerful backs. Yeah. I mean, the head, the head coach said in the preseason that he was going to move Cohen all over the field. That that's what got everybody excited. That he, oh, he's such an interesting piece, and we can play him in the slot, and you know we could have them both on the field at the same time. And everybody yep. went, oh, hey, there's 12 three, touches a game yeah. right there. Three catches for 15 yards on three targets on uh-huh. Sunday against the Cardinals. So, and that was a game that they had to come back to catch back up to the Cardinals too. And yep. Jordan Howard still carried the ball 24 times. Mm. All right, folks. Kalo is the name, the name. In silicone wedding rings. Kalo rings are designed to ensure your hands are safe and comfortable in the workplace, the gym, the outdoors, and everywhere in between. Unlike traditional metal wedding rings, Kalo rings allow you to keep your ring on in times where a traditional metal wedding ring would need to be removed. Kalo rings allow people to live their lives safely and comfortably while still representing their commitment to their spouse and their family. Kalo has created a special code for our listeners. Use code ROTOWIRE at checkout and get 20% off your order. Kalo is the choice of firefighters, military, law enforcement, carpenters, electricians, and mechanics for everyday wear. Available in 18 different styles and over 50 colors, Kalo is the preferred ring of pro athletes like, listen to this, listen to this roster, Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, Jordy Nelson, Derek Carr, plus NBA MVPs Steph Curry and LeBron James, also Major League Baseball All-Stars Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and Chris Bryant, who you don't like this week because you're a Brewer fan. All trust Kalo on and off the field. Visit Kalo.com. Don't forget to use code ROTOWIRE at checkout for 20% off your order. Again, that's Kalo.com. Use code ROTOWIRE at checkout. You'll get 20% off your order. Did you ever see the episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where he lost his wedding ring in a grate in the floor at a restaurant? 
the grate in the floor at a restaurant. He was at a pizzeria, and what he did was, you know how you spin it when you have a coin and you spin it on the table? Mm-hmm. And then you try to stop it with your finger? Yeah. Yes. Well, he was doing that with his <laughs> ring, which is, which is what I do with my ring. I get fidgety with my wedding ring, and I spin it mm-hmm. on the table. And what happened was Ray Romano's character, it went off the table, and there was a drainage grate in the floor in this pizzeria, and the ring went down the grate. And my wife always tells me that that's going to happen to me, which it is probably true at mm-hmm. some point. So if it happens, I'm, call, I'm going to Kayla.com. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like the way to go. I mean, I mean, if these guys can wear them during games, that's uh, that's a pretty wild product. Yep. Good for them. Twenty percent off too if you use the promo code RotoWire. That's a deal. That's a good deal. All right, let's go to wide receivers. Last week we talked about John Brown, who's been Tim and I talked about him yesterday as sort of a a, a reliable wide receiver three at this point for as long as he's healthy. Antonio Callaway, who's Antonio Callaway. I mean, we talked about Mayfield. Callaway's mm-hmm. really good. Yes, Callaway's awesome, and uh, I. I did start him in a couple places where I had a tough time. The final stat line wasn't great. Don't be deterred by that, fantasy owners. Don't cut Callaway. He's only 33% owned in Yahoo leagues. He is incredibly athletic. And if you watch the whole game on Thursday night, Tyrod Taylor missed him wide open on a deep ball throw. I mean, as wide open as you're going to get in the National Football League. But he had several steps on his defender. Um, I think that he'll actually improve quite a bit uh, with Mayfield at the helm, especially if they're willing to take let Mayfield take shots downfield. All right. So Callaway is still only 33% owned on Yahoo right now. So that's something you're going to, I mean, his stats weren't great. And Mayfield had that one that he, he bobbled on the way out of bounds. Right. I think that was a mm-hmm. Mayfield throw. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Callaway. He was on the field all the time in that game. He basically took the job that we thought Josh Gordon was going to have. He is just taking it. He is, he is a starting wide receiver for the Browns and he and Mayfield seem to have something clicking a little bit. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I think there, there's yeah. a lot to like here with Callaway. 90% of snaps, more than Jarvis Landry. Even. Mm, so that's huge. Really, I mean, you got to follow. So you have a bad stat line, but you've definitely followed those types of snap counts, and you know he's going to get his opportunities. Yep. Um, Chris Godwin last night played well again, 5 for mm-hmm. 74 with a touchdown, 10 targets, uh, another one. There's, there's, enough, there's enough volume to go around on the Bucks seemingly, for Chris Godwin to be productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you would think it would be the Mike Evans and, and Deshaun Jackson show with O.J. Howard getting in the mix, but uh, it's been good. I mean, Godwin scored in each of the first three weeks. He was targeted 10 times in week three. Now, yeah. we'll see if any prospective quarterback changed, whether it's week four, uh, whether it's after the bye in week six, if that changes anything. But uh, right now, even amongst some of the names that we're going to talk about, it's a much better week for receivers than running backs. Even among some of these names that we're going to talk about, I think Godwin, who's still under 50% owned in some of the major formats, uh, he's going to sneak his way into my top three. Okay. Uh, the guys, we mentioned Calvin Ridley already. Calvin Ridley, 44% Yahoo, 40% ESPN. The, like, the first week, they hardly used him, and then the next two, they did. I mean, he's not going to mm-hmm. get three touchdowns every week, but he had a huge yeah. game this week. He fills the he fills the Julio sidekick role very well. He is not a tremendously athletic receiver. He's sort of a a good, solid technician Good hand, you know. He, he's he's gonna he, he's not gonna be a superstar, but he should be a pretty good receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, oh, you can have some kind of high expectations for him. He was a first round draft pick, so I think uh, I think he'll be uh, he'll be pretty decent. Uh, see, the thing is, is I, I was torn on whether to put him on here because you know you see the 40 percent ownership. But I looked, I own him in a twelve team league. He was of course stashed safely on my bench this week um i looked at my other 12 team league he was drafted because it was a keeper league and then in my 14 and 16 16 team leagues 
he was owned as well. So there's not a ton of availability. But I guess the question with Ridley for me is, does he suddenly come into play in 10-team leagues? And I think because we saw his ceiling this week, the answer is yes. Okay. Next guy up, uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, that was a good, strong – A.J. Green's got an injury, by the way. So mm-hmm. it sounds like he'll be ready to be back this week for yeah. the game at Atlanta. Um, Tyler Boyd is, I think I said to Tim yesterday, he's getting the volume that we all hoped John Ross was going to get. They're different guys, certainly. But Tyler mm-hmm. Boyd seems to be a guy that Andy Dalton can trust. Yeah. It's it's his third year in the league. You like to you know maybe play that narrative of third-year breakouts. But he's scored now in back-to-back weeks, six catches in back-to-back weeks. His playing time is consistent. Everybody, myself included, thought, man, the speed of John Ross, it's going to be tough to keep him off the field. But Boyd's been taking his experience and chemistry in that offense and turning it into into fantasy productivity, which is why I would put him as my number two two or three receiver this week. Uh, We'll make that call in just a sec. Uh, Yeah, his uh, targets, three games, five, nine, seven. And he's been on the field for... You know, 48, 58, 51 snaps. So pretty, I mean, he's he's on the field there. He's, he's going to play. Um, and that that's an offense that has been kind of underrated. If you look at Andy Dalton's stats since Bill Lazor became their offensive coordinator, pretty strong. Christian Kirk is the other one. That's an interesting one. This this is, you, you mentioned the narrative of the third-year wide receiver. Another narrative we like is the, hey, look at the two backups, both, you know, the, look at the two rookies getting promoted to first string and they developed chemistry while they worked together in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do love that narrative in fantasy. doesn't always play out, but I think it can play out here for a couple of reasons. First off, Kirk, 3% Yahoo, 6% ESPN. I would definitely be adding him if he's not already added in any kind of dynasty league. He's absolutely got that pedigree, uh, you, you know, um, second round pick, four four seven speed, that kind of thing. But the quarterback change for me, not just because of the second team offense narrative, but Brad, Sam Bradford never threw downfield. And a lot of us that have followed football a while, you know that that's pretty uncharacteristic of, of Sam Bradford. He was he had just six completions of 20-plus yards, which was good for 27th in the league. His long, biggest play he's been responsible with over two and a half weeks or two and three quarters weeks, whatever you want to call it, is 35 yards. You have to imagine... Now, there's a, of course, there's a chance they're conservative with their rookie quarterback, but the ceiling's got to be higher than that, right? That's about as low as it's going to get, bottom five in the league. Rosen will throw deep a little bit, and if he does throw deep a little bit, Christian Kirk has the speed, he is the guy that's going to benefit that. And, of course, the pattern, he was another guy like Ridley, wasn't used much in week one. Kirk was only targeted twice, but then he was targeted five times in week two, eight times in week three, and and we'll see where that goes week four against the Seahawks. Okay, one other guy I want to talk about. He, he goes outside of our threshold of ownership. Does Jordy Nelson's game make you want to chase him? He's 53% owned on Yahoo. Not compared to any of these guys, because I think we're going to see more games like week one and two, like we do week three. And I know in in, in deep down that Amari Cooper is good and right. that he's better. And he, I don't, I, the usage is in, inexplainable to me. I can't, I can't seem to figure that out. But I think this is a little bit of a mirage for Jordy Nelson. You know, we're talking a mid thirties receiver who's had some knee problems. I would rather be taking flyers on, you know, I'll, I'll say my top three, Ridley, Godwin two, Boyd three. Um, I think those guys all have more long-term upside. You know, we're taking younger guys that have a potential to grow as opposed to older guys that might have the, the fluke one great performance, one or two of the year. So uh, um, that's how I'd rank them this week. So some drop candidates. Uh, you've got Garcon on your list. Crowder. Yeah, that's one because Crowder was a popular mid-round guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually – um, 
Yeah, yeah, he did score this week though against the Packers, who didn't have Kevin King. That was a thing. Um, I actually, I had Crowder in my lineup, and I swapped him for Garcon at the end. I was like, oh man, they're gonna have to throw a ton against the Chiefs, and then of course Jimmy got hurt, and it was a bad thing. So I'm probably just gonna rage cut Pierre Garcon as soon as I can this week. <laughs> His 2.1 PPR points uh, most definitely cost me the week, you know. Um, so that's tough, but. Any 49ers outside of probably Kittle that you owned in the past, all those guys can probably uh, they can probably take a dip here. Matt Breida, I'm sticking with him though because he's yeah, gonna, I, he, yeah. he'll probably catch the ball out of the backfield quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this 49ers defense isn't great, so they're going to need a third down back when they're trying to make mount comeback drives. All right, tight ends. I mean, McDonald stands out here mm-hmm. as a. Let me check the ownership level here for McDonald. Um, got it right here. Sorry about that. It is, he's 13% owned. So as McDonald, the other options you've got here, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, Olsen, Ingram, Jack Doyle still out. So, you know, the tight ends, it's, it's, it's rough. It's rough sledding at tight end right mm-hmm. now. Dallas yeah. Goddard became the beneficiary with, with the Eagles having some running back issues and being without Mike Wallace for the first full week. In addition to Elshon Jeffrey, Dallas Goddard was 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 the guy who benefited, which we kind of didn't mm-hmm. see coming. No, we did not. No, I had a real hard time filling out tight ends for this until I saw Vance McDonald play on Monday night. So he would be the number one choice this week. But I was reading through some of the articles on RotoWire, and I love to read Mario Puig's job battles articles right after. Uh, kind of he does a kind of a reactionary piece to see where things stand with the key fantasy job battles and. Um, he didn't put it as Goddard versus Ertz because we know what Ertz is going to be able to do. Um, and and his targets are safe. His volume is safe. He put it as Goddard versus other Eagles pass catchers. And, you know, Carson Wentz is back. So, in my opinion, everybody on the Eagles gets a boost as opposed to Nick Foles, except, I don't know, Nelson Aguilar took a little bit of a downturn, but I do still think Nelson Aguilar is good. But not to get too far off track. I mean, remember last year, Ertz was pretty much good to go for the whole year, but they still found a a uh, a noteworthy role for Trey Burton and Goddard's not exactly Trey Burton, not entirely the same type of player, but he's a he's a big possible red zone target. He played 55 snaps on Sunday uh, and was targeted seven times, caught all seven of them for 73 and a score. Now he's not going to be able to fall under the radar when it comes to opposing team game planning anymore. But like I said, Greg Olson, Evan Ingram, Jack Doyle, all these guys, all these owners are in, are in tough tough spots. If you're relying on Jordan Reed, he's got to buy this week we got to get deep in the tight end pool this week because it's, it's just not great this year. I mean, Kelsey's getting his, Ertz is getting his. Teams are figuring out that we need to double Gronk on every play at all costs, and that's slightly affecting his production. Jimmy Graham's not quite as consistent as a lot of fa- prospective fantasy owners would have hoped. So the tight end position is, is just kind of garbage this year outside of those couple of elite guys. So we got to dig deep and maybe find some names that will give you a startable player. Yeah, and uh, you got another name on your list that I'm out. Red Ellison, yeah. I'm out. He's, I know. He he gets the name on the list because Evan Ingram's hurt, and he's a blocker. He's a blocker. Know? He is yeah. a blocker, but three for 39 in a score, played 87% of the snaps. If you're on the field for 80% for that you know, high of a snap count, you're going to get a couple of targets at least. And, and, and he becomes into the conversation. I'm not, I don't think you pick him up in a 12-teamer, to be honest, but you know, even in like my 14-team stake league, um, that would be something I'm sure he's going to get added at least by somebody, especially if you're the Ingram owner and are running out of options. Maybe you blew all your fab money on one of those guys earlier and need to get someone cheap. He, his name comes up. All right. Um, the last one I want to mention, Cameron Brait. 
he produced I mean, it's not a lot, but he produced a bit on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, he caught a touchdown. Uh, I think four targets. You know, we've seen it before. I can't say I'm too excited, but again, if we're digging through the dregs, he's 24% owned on Yahoo. Yeah, still had half as many targets as OJ Howard, though, who caught six for 72. He's looking like, you know, for a, for a tight end that was quite down on the list, maybe barely inside the top 15, top 20 on draft day, he's looking like someone that is on track to finish in the top 10. Right. Okay. Um, drop candidates. Um, and Disley, we did. You, you, you wrote, he, he wrote me note. We told you, and we did tell you about Disley, didn't mm-hmm. we? One catch, three targets, four yards. I mean, he's benefited from blown coverage. He's benefited from garbage time. It's in the end guys, it's will Disley. Um, so, so he probably can get dropped if you need to make a cut. I mean, Gates is Antonio Gates. I threw on here because he's not getting used a ton, but he was used more among chargers tight ends. So that's a possibility. I saw one of my leagues, someone dropped Jack Doyle. It must've been a real, real tough spot because I wouldn't do that. But, uh, with the injury and with Ebron getting 11 targets in week three, I mean, um, I don't know, but I think when Doyle's healthy, the Colts still continue to go to him. Okay. Um, streaming defenses. I mean, this begins and ends with the Packers this week mm-hmm. with Josh Allen coming to town. And I know if we know he played a good game in Minnesota, we get it. This is a home game at Lambeau. Josh Allen is very likely for the rest of the season, much as I, I touted him earlier, is going to be interception prone. Uh, this is a this mm-hmm. is a slam dunk for your streaming defense this week. Yeah, I think you got to go with the Packers series. Going to go into very hostile territory, as if last week wasn't hostile ter- territory with that god awful horn playing nonstop. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so, spoken so like a Packers, true Packer fan, right there. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's just the worst sound in football to me. But anyway, uh, uh, the Packers stream option. For me, it depends a little bit on Kevin King. He's a 23-year-old second-year cornerback they had. He was had injury issues all of last year, only played nine games. He is easily their best cover corner, and he hasn't been healthy. So if they get him back, then I feel even better about the Packers stream. But even if they don't, and they do got to use a lot of Devon House, those Buffalo receivers don't scare me a ton. You know, I got some bigger ones, I guess, but uh, I would I would stream the Packers before looking at some of my other options, such as the Seahawks, who had two Arizona, the Lions, who had two Dallas. Out of all those kind of fringy stream options, I definitely would pick the home team in this one, and not just because I'm being a homer. Um, this it, it seems to be the logical move as a, as a plug-and-play defense this week. All right, yeah, and your, your other options here. Yours are Seahawks and Lions. I actually added Raiders because they're playing a rookie at home. And the mm-hmm. Cowboys at 31%. It's not great against the Lions, but the Cowboys the, the, the Cowboys can get some sacks. They get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have Demarcus Lawrence as an IDP, and and he's been uh, you know pretty valuable from the defensive line position. So when it's you know so impossible to cleanly hit the quarterback and get sacks this year, he's someone that's gotten a few. So I, I, they do have some players on that defense, but I'd be wary because Sean Lee got hurt again this week. Yeah. So that would really, really have a have an adverse effect on me potentially streaming the Cowboys. He's going to miss some time. It said he aggravated a hamstring injury. Yes. So I don't know if I can go to the Cowboys because, uh, yeah, I know Matt Stafford's had a, had a couple rough weeks, but he just beat the Patriots this past week, and we know that he can have some big fantasy games. So I'm I'm a little hesitant on the on the Cowboys. I think Mayfield lights up the Raiders. I think we're on a little bit different ends here. But, um, but yeah, overall, I think the Packers are the one that you go with because they do have some playmakers still on that defense. So I, I'd be going with that one. All right. Jake, what else are you working on? 
man, getting ready for that Conor McGregor fight up here in a couple weeks and that in our college basketball draft kit. Uh, you know, of course, still putting in the time to do the NFL research for you guys, but definitely working on a lot of uh, other small things behind the scenes to, to help, uh, you know, some of the more niche fantasy users. Jake is a man of many sports. If you want to follow his stuff, check him out on Twitter. He's at JakeSki52. I'm at JHoppin37. Uh, folks, listeners to this podcast, get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. You don't need a credit card to do that. You just sign up, check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look, rotowire.com slash pod. Uh, folks, please leave us reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. We always appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by Fanball. We will be back on Thursday. DVR and I are going to preview week four, so come on back. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.